Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth, who feel compelled to warn you that the takes coming in this podcast are scorching hot. I don't know what to say about this team right now. Uh, I mean, they... Even after tonight, I still don't feel too great about this team for a couple of reasons. Uh, the main one... I mean, the main one being that they won this game 7-4, but a lot of it wasn't played at 5-5. Five five, and the defense seems to not... Even with the 5-2 win in Vegas, uh, Elliott was still bailing them out a lot. And in the 8-2 loss... I mean, that could have been worse. Like, Brian Elliott made a sprawling stack-the-pads cross-crease save on a power play. Uh, and he stopped other co- a couple other uh, odd-man rushes. And, that like, that could have easily been an 11-2 or a 12-2 game. I feel like Elliott has had to make a lot of those saves already, which is... Yeah. Which is, I feel like he's got a certain number of those banked up during the season. So whenever the Flyers actually do turn it around or actually start to play better, he's going to start letting in softies again. And we're all going to forget like the this this week and a half where he was Jesus on ice and made all these like nonsensical saves. Even in the even in the Colorado game, there were like Colorado game. There were three or four times where guys just fell over. Like Eric Johnson, I think Hag fell over. It may have been Sanheim, but. Fell over and won the circles. Eric Johnson was in front of the net by himself and got off two shots. And just nobody else was around him. And I feel like that's happened a bunch of times this year. The, the Shark team was ridiculous in terms of that. So you're essentially saying that Brian Elliott great saves are more or less a change star full of quarters that you use for laundry or maybe, you know, a parking spot in town, toll, or, uh, you know. You get you get these quarters right, and you start using them, and all of a sudden, ah, fresh out of Brian Elliott, great saves. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'll go with that. Yeah, I was uh, I was kind of lost for a second, but I get what you're saying now. Yeah, I, 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 that's the way I'm looking at it because Brian Elliott. I mean, we might be too hard on him, but he, he's nothing special, and uh, he has been playing. I think he's been me, playing. <laughs> yes, uh, Banff. I, I think he he's been playing way above his head so far in these first couple games and it's saying a lot when you can say that a guy was playing way above way above his head in an eight to two loss in an eight to two like that i that sounds insane like i'm aware of that and i think everybody that was talking about the game today was aware of that that it sounds insane to say that in an eight to two loss it wasn't really the goalie's fault and i mean if you look at right down the summer for all the goal, yeah okay so first goal the first two goals, you could put blame on them. Even the first one, if you're willing to be hard on them, that was a pretty soft call. Granted, it was a two-on-one. Uh, 
still not the greatest goal uh, going five hole. 11 seconds later, he gets a pretty bad rebound, but he definitely could have been bailed out by McDonald. Uh, like both those goals, he could have been bailed out by his teammates if anybody played defense. But both times they were just, <clears throat> the Sharks were just coming at the net and they just, there's no stopping them. And then third goal was uh, below the goal line to front of the net pass, which is just a, a high percentage play that Brian Elliott still almost made a save on. And everybody thought he made the save at first, but then after further review, it went about an inch over the goal line. Fourth one was redirected in front and then went off Kane skating in. Fifth goal, they let Kane just walk into the slot after the penalty kill. So the new twist for the Flyers this year on the penalty kill, by the way, is uh, sometimes they'll have a decent-looking penalty kill. Don't know when it's coming, but they'll have one. And then when it goes back to five-on-five, everybody forgets that they got the extra guy back on the ice and they're just like, yeah, we're cool. We can keep, we can just do whatever now. And they just let the other team get another chance or two after they get the player back. And the, the Kane goal yesterday was a perfect example where I, I forget who was in the box. I think it was, I think it was Perbroff, but he started skating back into the uh, defensive zone and they just like came waltz into the slot and just rip one top shelf on Brian Elliott. Uh, sixth goal was a classic 2017, 18 penalty kill. Goal against, Turtle was in front, uncontested. Able to screen Elliott, get a redirection, and then grab his own rebound with really nobody within feet with him. It was just, he was able to do all that work with nobody around him. Seventh goal, McDonald got pants by Timo Meyer, and then Timo Meyer also put a pretty good move on uh, Brian Elliott. Eighth goal was a 2 0. The eighth goal was a 2 0. Your team is already down 7 2, and you know you're leaving your goalie to hang out the dry, and they give up a 2 0. Like they, they literally could not play defense last night. Uh, they haven't really played defense that much this year. No, they haven't. Yeah, which is the like we thought the bottom six was going to be a problem going into the season, or like the uh, not the bottom six, the the bottom two pairings were going to be a problem going into the season. But uh, top pair hasn't looked that great either. I mean, Gossespierre's best moments. He's had a couple of a uh, couple of shifts where he's pulled off the ghost move, uh, but. Provorov doesn't look like himself, and most of Ghost's best work so far has been on the power play, which is still crucial, but nobody is playing defense at 5-on-5. Five five. And also, no. it doesn't seem like any of the forwards are back-checking. So, Hack's doing a good job, is what you're saying. Hack is killing it. And, of course, Hack's already had his moments this year. Uh, already? Tony... It's been a week. <laughs> it's been a week and he's already like pulled off some <laughs> ridiculous hack decisions. It's been a so week the first... <laughs> and hack is week. <laughs> already killing us. It's been I a week. Think, I want to say he didn't have any hack moments in the Vegas game. So and hack's one... not sorry. <laughs> it took till game two. It took till the second game of the year where Dave Hackstall, Mr. I don't want to switch anything up when we got to win because we got to win why fix something if it's not broken regardless of what the lineup looks like he's just not gonna he's not gonna tinker with it decides to put uh christian foley in for rack of and steve i'm gonna be honest with you it didn't work out too well and it was fucking gross for the first period <laughs> like real bad well, listen craig I, you just have to get a look at this established nhl vet who's played quite a few games and there's lots of tape on yeah. A lot, yeah, just got to see what he's got. And uh, in my opinion, not much. Do- doesn't have much. And that 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 avalanche game was just gross. I mean, first first goal against, he was in front. Uh, Elliot gave up two rebounds. 
Now, not really the worst rebounds, but two rebounds right in front to Foline. And there's also a uh, Colin Wilson was right there to get both rebounds. And Christian Foley managed to not managed to either not knock over Colin Wilson, so then he wouldn't have another chance. And he also failed to grab the rebound. So he was 0 for 2 on the one of the possible two ways to get out of that situation. And then the Flyers end up giving up the, the early goal. They're down one nothing, tied up. And then Christian Foley uh, is back on the ice, gets the puck, throws a wild missile past Nolan Patrick on the boards. Yeah! Defense is going to turn over. Another goal. And then he also took a penalty in the third period that Colin Wilson scored on again. So, you know, I know it's really hard to contain Colin Wilson, but I guess we got a fair look at what Christian Foley is. And uh, once again, that's on Axel, because why? Why? Gudis was terrible in the playoffs, and he also caused a Katori injury. He looked fine in game one. Like, he really did look fine. As far as this defense has been so far, he's like, he looked fine. And for no reason, uh, Haxtell decides to put him in. Again, Sharks game yesterday it was, a, it was another example where he just could have used a timeout or changed momentum or done something. What's and a timeout? Do you get those in hockey? <laughs> I, I don't think the Flyers do. I think maybe the refs, the, the Flyers did something to the refs, and the refs just don't alert Haxtell that he's allowed to use a timeout. It turns out that Peter Laviolette took all the timeouts with him when he left town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Colin Campbell's real pissed that his, uh, his kid had to, well, I don't know. I don't remember if Greg Campbell was on the, uh, the Bruins team for that, that playoff series. I don't think he, I think he was, but he was pissed off at that lobby that timeout in the 2010 postseason. So Flyers haven't gotten a uh, timeout since then, but the, okay. So two goals in 11 seconds. I'm going to say, the vibe in the in the arena was things aren't going your way. Not I feel ideal. Like I feel like that'd be a good time to uh you know throw up the tea, take take a couple seconds, talk it out, figure out what's going on. Hey guys, not looking too good. Why don't we uh sit back for a second, drink a fresca, you know, get back out there, just uh maybe uh score some goals of our own. And instead, Hackstall sat there and uh, looked upset. I don't know, like he just kind of looked around. Like, woe is me. And then uh, the hey, uh, Flyers, <laughs> Flyers proceed to uh, get beaten to death and lose 8-2. to two. And then tonight, uh, just putting Yori Letera at second line center. Which it doesn't even, like, phase me now. It's just that I think that's kind of expected that, of course, you put Yori Letera in the top six. Why not? He's an all-star along the boards. Yeah. I can't wait for that finished drug ring to come down. The, and then the Flyers have real lineup issues. I feel like that would be, like, a of day of mourning for Dave Haxall. That would be the most depressing would be would be your or uh Yori Letera is sentenced to two years in finished jail. Dave Haxall just comes out to his presser with like a the five o'clock uh five o'clock shadow on his beard. He's just like hair is like all over the place. He's just wearing a t shirt. He's like, Yeah, I don't know what to do with my life anymore. I'm just lost. I've lost all meaning now that I've lost my boy Yori Letera. Alternatively, what if what if Hack paid off the foreign authorities to forget about this. Forget about Yuri's involvement. That's not good either. <laughs> I think it happened. Yuri, That's what I'm we trying want to say. Yuri locked up. I don't think. I don't think Hacksaw's ro- rolling in enough dough to, to. Every bit of dough he has is wrapped up in this right now. I'm telling you, he dipped authority. into his life savings. He was, you know, he's living in a Dakota. There's not much to do out there. Okay, he really was not. saving every dime. 
for this day, for this day that he needed to save Gerald Laterra's <laughs> life. I mean, maybe he might be on something. Maybe Hacksaw is just living in Laterra's basement now. He's like, if I bail you out, you gotta, you're paying for everything forever because I'm not going to have any money. And that's how they're just living like odd couple style at Laterra's place. There's no other explanation. This is it, by the way. Like, this is the best guess we have at what's going on because it can't be because of Laterra's play because it's not good. No. Yeah. And I, I mean, he drew a penalty tonight, but I think he also was called for two. I know he was called for at least one pretty late. But uh, he I had mean, that cross check, you know. That's that's what uh, leaders do for his teammates. Yeah, I you know it's funny. Everybody, I guess now just bitches because the Flyers. Whenever a game like that happens, it's not like the old days, like the our car road today, where people just come out and they start throwing haymakers, and it's just a gigantic brawl, and everybody's pissed off at each other. But I mean, the Flyers did show some fight tonight. They had that moment where. Alex Foreman kind of pretty late hit on Oscar Lindblom, but Yori Laterra cracks him in the back, and then Scott Lawn is ready to just pretty much pounce on him, but doesn't get the chance to. And then there was that line brawl, which uh, was kind of uh, crazy and unexpected. Yeah, they, did not see for, that coming, and uh, I, I think it was in honor of the previous Flyer Senators brawl. Yeah, they're trying to match it. Do you remember the one in 2011, too? Vaguely. Yeah, like, I mean, it wasn't that crazy but i think it was uh it was another one where everybody on the ice fought each other sans the goalies i think it was just the five skaters but still there's a 126 uh penalty minutes maybe these teams uh just wanted to uh, honor that long sword history of just beating the shit out of each other that's what it was it's the only explanation i have because yeah. it I, makes no sense for the flyers and senators to be as chippy as they were in this game i was stunned by it and I was frankly frustrated because it really felt like the Flyers were letting the Senators kind of dictate where the game was going. I understand you have to respond when that happens, but yeah. this isn't a good Senators team. And usually when you're a bad team, you succeed in the few games that you do succeed in by dragging other teams down to your level, by bringing them into the mud. Yeah, I, I get that. I think, uh, I'm fine with the Laterra and Lawton or Laterra and Lawton move to stick up for Limbaum because I don't, I mean, I don't think Foreman was getting a penalty on the play either. So it's kind of like a, well, we're not going to let that slide type of deal. And then the line brawl, I don't, I mean, I think the Flyers ended up being shorthanded there, but realistically they shouldn't have been because everybody on the ice fought. Uh, what, seven guys go to the box total for that? I think so, yeah. And then also, I'm um, more to to your point though. Later in the game too, Scott Lawton did get underneath the skin of uh, I think it was Kachuk. I think he drew Kachuk into a a double minor. Kachuk. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say your uh, your guy had a pretty big night, or your namesake had a pretty big night with uh, two goals and I believe an assist. My, my namesake. My namesake Scott <laughs> Lawton. You, no, 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 no. Keith Kachuk. You're big. You like doing. Oh, Kachuk, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kachuk. And Brady Kachuk scored his first two goals, and I think I think he had an assist tonight. Let me check real quick. It's very upsetting that that commercial is nowhere to be found on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I. You would think that would be on YouTube, and also 
not I'm, I'm gonna apparently just keep talking about this article but the what led up to that 2004 brawl was Martin Hadlett slash Mark wrecking in the face and I could not find video of that anywhere and I feel like a guy getting a baseball swing to the face would be video work I feel like that would be a video that would kind of uh you know survive the test of time you'd think but uh, but uh, YouTube YouTube says otherwise yeah <laughs> but you know so yeah, Brady Kachuk. Brady Kachuk did look pretty good, uh, but his first goal. Okay, so his first goal. Do you think that should have counted? Well, we can talk about this, and we'll talk about the Avalanche goal. Oh God, the Avalanche Chris Tierney, goal. Chris Tierney. Chris Tierney had a distinct kicking motion, and kicked it from the slot towards the net. But then it hit off Kachuk's skate, and it looked like Kachuk kind of kicked it towards the net. I only got one look at it, but uh, I, and I believe because of uh i saw somebody on twitter talking about it the rule is if you if the puck is kicked towards the net it doesn't matter if it hit off a teammate or an official inadvertently it's still considered a kicking motion so and chris chris tierney's action was i thought was clearly a kicking motion i mean it was from downtown that was a pretty good kick i, I think i would have just given him the goal because that was ridiculous right that was from like downtown that was high slot and he it looked like he picked a corner so i i think i would have just been like look that's illegal it's also pretty dope we're giving that to you <laughs> it's the old put on the boy it's put the old anchor man uh i'm not i'm not even mad i'm amazed <laughs> yeah he's like look i that shouldn't count but I, it's pretty impressive uh, so what do you think about the avalanche one? Because I think we're going to disagree here. Oh, do you think it's goal interference? Um. Oh, never mind then. You sound like you're pretty upset about it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I actually thought you would be upset. Oh no, I no, mean, I thought it, it it's count. borderline. To be yeah. totally honest, I'm. That's another situation where I'm kind of amazed. That was a ridiculous deflection. I don't understand how yeah. he was able to deflect the puck in at that angle from there. And it, it's borderline. I, I think I, I'm kind of okay with the ref's call on that. Ultimately. Yeah. I think, I think what people were pissed off and I completely agree with this upcoming statement, but I think if the shoe was on the other foot and that goal got overturned for the flyers, like if the flyers had scored that goal and they, they called it back, I think I would have been pretty pissed. However, I can absolutely see the Flyers scoring that type of goal and getting a call back because that is very 100%. much hundred percent. I, I that obviously sounds like a biased thing, but the Flyers always seem to get shit luck with the the goal calls like that. Any any fifty fifty call always seems to be. I mean, there's never hell, any confidence I've, it's going to be for the Flyers. I've seen seventy five twenty five calls that have gone the other way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I mean like that call specifically. I, I think it's a thing where it was just Elliot's stick that got caught up in the forward. I, f- I forget who scored it now, but I don't even think he was. And I think he was outside. It was the uh, Landis Gog. Landis Gog. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's been on the Landis- avalanche for about 25 years at this point. You should remember. Him. <laughs> he was named the youngest captain in NHL history in 20, you know, whatever, 13, 2011. And now he's, uh, now he's, now he's 44. It's crazy. It, time's crazy. You know, where is the time going? Speaking of that, Sean Couture has played a 500 NHL or over 500 NHL games now. But what? go back to the call. Yeah, go back to the call. Um, the 
I know I, I heard that leg. before Recatorier, by the way. I, I've heard it before, but it still doesn't compute in my head because yeah, he's still pretty it, young. It, yeah, he's still really young. But that is kind of amazing that he's already played 500 NHL games. But I mean, 2011, 12 to now, that's. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I mean, we're working on the eighth season. One was a lockout short one, but, you know, six times 80, that's 480 right there. And I don't think he's missed. He's missed some time. He has missed some time. But still, lockout short in season and everything. But anyway, the call, I think if it was a leg, if he had held up, if Landis Scott had gotten tangled up with Elliot's leg, I think it definitely would have come back. I think the stick is just a little dicey because, if those start getting called back, then I, I think goalies will, you know, maybe try and work in a way that uh, their sticks accidentally keep getting caught up in traffic in front. And then when the puck goes in, they can just throw up their hands and, you know, oh, I could, of course, I'm going to make that save. My stick was held up back here and it really shouldn't have any impact on the play. I don't know. I feel like that's a, it's a real close call that I think the Flowers were just on the wrong side of, unfortunately. I mean, do you want me to take the other side to make things a little more interesting? I could certainly oh, do that. Yeah, sure. You know, it's uh, that's a that's a radio tactic right there. Yeah, yeah. ninety-four point. Yeah, well, they get the WIP actually going on, bro. Which unfortunately I listened to this week for some oh, reason. Why? I listened to five minutes, and I don't think that Le'Veon Bell coming to the Eagles was a rumor. I think it was a cemented fact to them that he was coming to the Eagles. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, did I miss something? I let, I got in my car. It took me three minutes to walk from my office to my car. And they were talking like he got traded. I'm like, did I happen to miss it? Like in that window or what's happening? But yeah, go ahead. Do the, uh, go ahead and, uh, get tall to me. Oh, I, I can't even <laughs> get to that level. Plumb that okay. level of just horror. But uh, just, yeah, bro, bro, listen up. The refs are out to get the Flyers. This is just a conspiracy league wide. They hate the Flyers. They've always hated the Flyers. They hate us because they hate us. And it's just a travesty. They are just out to get us. And it's ridiculous. This guy was all over Brian Elliott. And he just, I can't, I can't with this anymore. So you said travesty, and that reminds me that Travis Konechny has not yet scored a goal. And I would say that you could combine it, combine his names and make it a travesty to slightly, to insert a horrible pun yet again to this podcast. Travis D? (laughs) Yeah. Travis Konechny, Travis. It's there. Is it? But he went, I'm giving it to myself. He didn't. I, I don't think Konechny had. He's hit his, about four or five posts. His underlying numbers in the first two games were great, but I didn't really think he played that great. These last two games, I thought he did fine. I think he, he hit a couple fine. more posts tonight. Yeah, he did. He did hit the Golden Knight. He did hit the post in the Golden Knights game, but it was with like two seconds left. Tonight, I don't know how he didn't score tonight. He had a chance at the side of the net in the first period he hit the post uh in the second period and then the third period he had a breakaway where he tried to do the uh the gentle backhander through the five hole and uh craig anderson read it 
The gentle backhander. <laughs> the gentleman's backhander. This is what I call the gentleman's backhander, thank you. A backhander of elegance and class. The gentleman's backhander. Which is what Travis Konechny is, of course, known for. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, but he's a uh, guy can't catch a break right now. And uh, I thought, I'm not going to lie, early on when Simmons got stuffed on that power play, I was like, cool beans, bro. This is going to be another painful loss, and everybody's going to lose their shit. But I think it was the first power play. Simmons had a perfect cross ice pass from, I believe, Voracek. And Craig Anderson just sprawled out across the crease and stopped it, not once with his right leg, but twice. And I, I thought the writing was on the wall. I thought it was going to be another long night on Twitter, reading about how this team needs to uh, be shot into the sun or something. Oh, I completely avoided Twitter during the Shark game. Oh, yeah. That was a good call. Oh, well, I mean, geez. speaking of avoiding Twitter and takes after that, uh, that loss, do you want to, uh, you want to do a little, uh, taking it to the beats? Taking it to the beats. You want to get that article up? Taking it to the beats. There's a, there's a spicy meatball out there and actually it's, uh, none other than, uh, Sam Donald is the beat. <laughs> not, not Marcus Hayes. It's, uh. Sam Donald. It's always one of those two. It's always one even, of those two. Here's even Sealski now has like gotten like fair articles out there. He used to be annoying with a lot of his takes, but he's had a couple of recent ones that weren't really that like we're fine. So I think it's just down to Marcus Hayes and Sam Donnellan. And the thing about Hayes and Donnellan is these guys, again, they maybe watch a dozen flyers games a year yeah and they'll come out with a hot take a couple times a year when there's a bad flyers loss yeah i feel like yeah i feel like silski just kind of for a while there he was just i mean he was definitely going for the troll articles but he's a troll yeah i think he's he's kind of turning around the sam Donald one though man it took you game three and uh, two guys that were, I, I assume he dunked on Pro Roth and Ghost, yeah. I haven't read it yet. We're, yeah, we're going to read it together now, gang. So I like, this is good stuff. <clears throat> this, is, uh, this is what I'm here for. The big I'm here free, for the stuff. <laughs> you're here for the stuff. All right, here we go. Without much further ado. The big free agent offseason acquisition was a 36 goal scorer. The afterthought was a defenseman. Already off to a horrendous start, but continue. Both players wore business suits for the Flyers' home opener Tuesday night. Distant bystanders to another ugly night of defensive breakdowns and unfavorable trading wars. The latest leading to an 8-2 whooping from the aptly named, for this night anyway, San Jose Sharks. Really? Because uh, they took a... Wait, what? You gotta have a bite pun in there or something yeah, about a shark. <laughs> His leg damaged by a puck early in Saturday's 5-2 loss in Colorado, James Van Riemsdyk will be unable to help his team until at least mid-November. On the ice for that game in Colorado, journeyman deft defenseman Christian Folin would have been the most unlikely of saviors Tuesday night, replaced in the lineup by much maligned Radko Gudis, now in his fourth season with the Flyers. That Gudis was not on the ice for any of San Jose's four first period goals is either a cause for op cautious optimism 
or it adds to the dark possibility that hovers around this team's rebuild. Oh, God, yes. That not all youth Play movements result in the ultimate success that this Fuck franchise yeah. appears to have assumed Fuck yeah, since dude. he promoted Ron Hextall to general manager and began an ambitious rebuild four seasons ago. These are the fucking takes we live for, man. Like this is, these, this is great. This, this is just is, solid gold. Uh, so, I, I mean, let's get it. Let's get it out there. Last last night, the eighth two loss. Obviously, not ideal. Not no. a good time. No, it's not the result you look uh, for. Yeah, not, you know, you don't go in the most games. You're like, hey, we lose eight to two. It's uh, you know, check it off the list. We're doing fine. I will say, questioning an entire rebuild and drafting the drafting process, and you know, based on one game. The, not even a game, a period. He's going off one period, yep. <laughs> which is, um, it's amazing. I, it's phenomenal. Okay. This is, this yeah. is. Also, uh, did, did I hear that correctly? Was he saying that Foley should have stayed in after Saturday's game? Did I read that right or no? Uh, it says that he would have been the most unlikely of saviors Tuesday night. Oh, okay. So he I don't was know. Saying... It's kind of rambling nonsense, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I guess he. I guess he's saying that as you know, like most Flyers fans' reaction would be, "Well, we didn't have Christian Foley in," which is, of course, what nobody was thinking. But no, okay, I, yeah. if he had never seen the ice the entire season, I would have been satisfied. <laughs> would have been a okay. All right, uh, okay. Yeah. The Sharks, who finished with 100 points last season, scored 252 <laughs> goals and allowed 229. Their key off-season acquisition, a training camp trade. That cost a steep price in prospects and draft picks was 28 year old two time Norris Trophy winning defenseman Eric Carlson, once considered to be the player the Ottawa Senators would rebuild around. Last season, the Flyers scored 251 and allowed 243. They... I like it. Yeah, this is good. I like all the goals without context. That's why I like oh, it's, it. It's so good. Okay, it's continue. Pump it into my veins. <laughs> They have been operating now for two plus seasons under the premise that a top notch defender was not only unneeded, but an impediment to the grand plan of building a stellar core from within. Robert Hag, Travis Sanheim, Ivan Provorov, Shane Gostaspair. They were all out there Tuesday night playing badly. <laughs> was badly italicized? Oh, there's a like dot, 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 and then badly. Okay. <laughs> they played poorly. I don't. They chose poorly. Yeah. I also. Phenomenal. I was waiting for him. Uh, does he say anything about not going after Eric Carlson? Is that in the upcoming paragraph? Or I'm something? assuming that's where we're coming to because he okay. he so eloquently put out there that the Sharks scored X amount of goals and allowed yeah. X amount of goals, while the Flyers scored X amount of goals and allowed X amount of yeah. goals. So, you know, it's. I, I do. I I I think that just you know, in case you can tell from. Most of his article. It speaks to he doesn't really know what he's talking about. And I'm only saying that because it was well documented and it was also part of the trade to get Carlson that the centers were not moving him to an Easter Conference team. So much, in fact, that if the Sharks trade Carlson to an Easter Conference team by the end of the season, they have to give the centers another first round pick. Should have gotten. Yeah. So that and like even the even the people on Twitter who really wanted Carlson, I think the talk kind of died down after that one because hey guess what there was no way the flowers getting carlson right so it that yeah that kind of speaks volumes about where uh sam Dolan's at with his uh up-to-date references yeah. on hockey yeah 
It gets but, better. It gets better. Oh God. Yeah. <clears throat> Big boy Samuel Moran, Moran, whatever, injured, <laughs> and Philip Myers are on the doorstep. Feisty Mark Friedman stayed in training camp to the bitter end, making a spirited Feisty bid. Mark Friedman. Oh yeah, okay. he's the feister. You know, we know him as, as feisty. All those fights. Yeah, all those feists. Uh, <laughs> making a spirited bid to make the team. By the way, Mark Friedman, no friggin' chance in hell. Um, yeah, I he he was he was a longer shot than I think Mikhail Vorobiev. Yeah, and Vorobiev making the team was big news. Yeah, no doubt Myers will be here at some point this season, and Moran maybe by the next. But they are highly unlikely to quickly change the dynamic witness Tuesday night. And on way too many nights of a rebuild too often marked by wildly erratic play in its own end, foolish risks on the other end, and an endlessly unstable goaltending situation. I mean, I agree with the unstable goaltending situation. And I actually agree with the uh, the erratic play in its own end. However, yeah. that's Andrew McDonald. <laughs> yeah, I like how this is an article talking about the kids, but we're not even talking about Hextall Andrew is McDonald right to say. Yeah. Hextall is right to say that you can never have enough goaltenders. By the way, we have about 50 goaltenders and they all suck. <laughs> He's also right to leave out the following descriptive words when he does. Healthy, dependable, steady. Well, you get my drift. <laughs> Brian Elliott was a mess Tuesday night. Two games beyond a hopeful debut in the Flyers' 5-2 victory in Las Vegas, he provided this season's nightmare scenario. Logan Couture's first goal seeped through a large space between his pads, quickly flipping some early Flyers' momentum. The first of Joe Pavelski's two goals that period came on the juicy rebound of Kevin LeBanc's rather soft shot. The second after Elliott and his defenders poked for the puck as if it were a contact lens. <laughs> this is... This is okay. This is, a, this is like if Trash Island caught on fire. <laughs> that's what I'm reading. But hey, 23 just... first period shots or 23 first period shots. For sure, the forwards own a chunk of this as well. Buoyed by a spirited start. Oh, just I, real quick. I'm oh, sorry, real this quick. Is fucking, uh... I pictured you seeing Trash Island on fire. And you're like, this is the worst book I've ever read in my life. This is just not a good book. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, I mean. I'm going to fast I, forward a little bit. And okay, while yeah. Elliot's positioning and balance bordered on tragic comedy at, some, at times, so too did the effort from young defenders who are crucial to this team's belief in a promising present and future. Blah, 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 Carter Hart. Blah, 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 might have kept it close. If it was Carter Hart, should have kept Hart. 98 point season raised the bar the only thing raised in their home debut tuesday was doubt lots and lots of doubt for their present and for their future you know not one the... thing not one specific point about the young defenseman doing something wrong not one example this is yeah. garbage well, island I... on fire you can see it from orbit and smell it from mars i like uh but like, do you remember what the biggest problem that not the biggest, but one of the flaws Carter had Hart had during the the preseason was was rebound control, and he just called out Elliot for some of the rebounds, and it, it there's no guarantee that Carter Hart is going to come in and make that. I don't know why I'm defending why Carter Hart shouldn't be in the NHL yet. I mean, it's not really a 
Well, you know why you shouldn't be in the NHL? The young defense core. Yeah, I mean, they would you just get blown up behind. I, I mean, don't. I'll hang up. And the defense is bad. The oh, it's terrible. But yeah, but here's the problem: the defense is bad, but it's not the young defensemen. Their two best defensemen are the aforementioned core there. Um, yeah, but but I don't think Ghost and Pro Rough have really played great this year. And sure, all, but at the same time, they're better than the the vaunted veterans that are like yeah. being left out of the conversation here. Right. Even when they're not playing great per se, uh Ghost and Provy are still the Flyers' two best defensemen hands down yeah, yeah. because you're not going to argue that Amax outplayed them. Uh Gudis has played I guess decent at times, but I wouldn't say he's outplayed them. Uh Sanheim's well, see, think... one of the young guys in there and look, Robert Hag is Robert Hag. Hag's been fine. I think Hag and Sanheim have been okay. I don't know. Like, Sanheim's definitely had great and bad moments this year. And I think Hag, I, I mean, Hag scored a couple points here, but I, I don't know if he's really been any different than the usual Hag. And also, McDonald, I, I think the bigger problems with the defense overall, even bigger than what we expected the problems to be on defense are, that top pairing doesn't look like themselves yet. And McDonald is probably playing through an injury. So imagine Andrew McDonald and then imagine Andrew McDonald hampered by an injury. And that's what we're working with. But, Cause he came back like he came back a month before he should have for that injury. He should have missed. I think when we were talking about in the, the podcast, I think he was slated to miss the first eight games of the season. Yeah. If he came back on the time frame, and then he was back in the preseason games and he, and no one knows only, why. Yeah. And nobody knows why. And it's not, Man, I mean, I think Haxall just loves his veteran leadership. And obviously that came through tonight with uh, Flatera getting work on the second line. But, I mean, even tonight, he McDonald started with a turnover, and then he took a penalty early on. And, I mean, another problem with this team is getting with the first goal. I don't think that, that penalty led to the first goal, but it reminded me of that. There, there are definitely flaws with this team. It's The defense is doing pretty shitty. The yeah, I'm not saying there's not flaws with this team, but to blame it on the young no, defense he, is was, absolutely bonkers. Yeah, that was all for it. That was all for the clicks, baby. I mean, we gave him one, but whatever. I mean, <laughs> it was worth it to see what where he was going with that. So I'm excited. What do you think Marcus Hayes is going to write about this year? He's going to have one Flyers article this year. It's going to be about goaltending. I, I, it's got to be about or truth. or James Van Riemsdyk colossal disappointment. Oh yeah, James Van Riemsdyk is only going to get twenty seven goals. Ron Hextall's big plan. <laughs> <laughs> and where was JVR earlier in the season when the Flyers got off to a rocky start? <laughs> he was. It was like he wasn't even playing in the first month of the season. JVR, by the way, had a ridiculous pass to uh, Robert Hag. Before he went down, JVR was looking great. And the Flyers look like they at least had two lines operating yeah. at full. The second line, not so much. And I don't know what's up with Nolan Patrick. And hopefully he's okay after whatever yeah. injury he sustained tonight. But he hasn't looked great so far. Voracek finally just came on tonight. Well, Voracek, yeah, came out like a monster tonight. And, and Voracek, connect, unbelievable night. Yeah. That's, uh... You know what it is, Craig? He finally shot. <laughs> I can't believe I'll hang I. Up. And I think favorite, the best part was the empty net situation at the end where he just refused to get a hat trick. 
I get swear to God, board, the Flyers just take a shot. The, just take a shot. The Flyers had to get into power play formation just to score a damn empty net goal tonight. <laughs> it was amazing. That was the thing last year too. I don't know if you remember that. There's like oh, a I remember. Game, yeah, there's like a six game stress last year where they could not fucking hit an empty net. Scott oh, that Lawton one had games. to basically thread the needle to get that empty net goal. <laughs> it was stunning. Yeah, it was insane. I just, but uh, yeah, Voracek did come a lot. He's been kind of. Uh, uh, he hasn't had the most explosive start, I guess, this season. But he definitely came through tonight. All it took to get him way, going not... was pairing him up with the two most talented guys on the team. <laughs> That's top line. Tell you what. Hey, having him back's great, and it'd be even better if they had Borchek, Van Riemsdyk, and Nolan Patrick. But you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's the problem now is they went out and they got that depth so they could. And you know, if they had to, they could turn to that line. Vorobiev was looking quite good before uh, the Van Riemsdyk. I really liked Vorobiev with Van Riemsdyk and Simmons. Yeah, and Vorobiev also has scored a goal this year, but granted, and it was a little we, lucky. I was going to say, can we briefly discuss that goal? Because Yeah, we should talk about that. that as far as first NHL goals go, that was maybe the most ridiculous one I've ever seen. Hilarious, yeah. Somebody mentioned Oliver Lauritsen, and I don't know if you remember his, I think it was his first goal. I do not. And that lockout shortened season when the Flyers had already been knocked out of the playoffs, he had a goal where he like shot it. I'm going to see if I can pull it up. Pretty sure he shot it wide, hit off the glass, then like came back and hit off Charles skate and went through two grass legs. I'm pretty sure that was Oliver Lauritsen's first NHL goal. But it was, I mean, this one still topped it. An own, own defenseman running to the goalie and knocked the puck loose for an easy slam dunk, I think, tops everything. Which defenseman was it again? I think it was Barbario. I mean, if it you was. haven't seen this yet, why are you listening to the podcast? Uh, press pause and <laughs> oh, go watch oh, oh, oh. it now. But oh, Barbario yeah. runs into Varlamov when he's trying to cover up the puck. And Vorobiev just gets to walk in, take the puck, and slam dunk at home. Fantastic. Yeah, and yeah I, it was I was not. Where were you watching the Saturday night game? Oh, I was. Uh, I was at home. I had to do the. Uh, I was doing the post game reaction, so I wasn't doing anything special. Look at you being responsible. Good job, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, the post game reaction sucks. Cause I was just like, hey, nobody's playing defense, and uh, top line's not scoring. <laughs> it's all about the thin air, bro. All about the oh thin my air. God, I got I got pushback because I tweeted that joke out about how uh, the the elevation of Colorado was the new excuse for why Haxtell was putting out Latero's line in the third period. And somebody was like, oh, well, no other line's really stepping up tonight. And I'm like, that's not the fucking joke, dumbass. Dude, like, like the thing is, is that Latero has always played in the third period, no matter what. But uh, The best jokes are the ones that you have to explain. Yeah, and I was just like... Uh, yeah, and he talked about like a JVR injury. I'm like, yeah, that would have been a better excuse tonight, but you know, I don't know. I'm watching the the Larson one now. Well, all I know is this Verobiev one was hilarious, <laughs> and uh, I I, was, I don't know. I was at a bar watching this, and uh, I just was laughing pretty damn loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> a little toasty. No? It was pretty bad. Yeah, I'm putting it uh, putting it at the top of the notes. By the way, for you to look, it's worse. It's it's funnier than even I described it. It's just funnier now. than even I had 80, thought. 
<laughs> he dumped it into the zone, Char grabbed it, and tried to wrap it around the boards, but instead he threw it off Raskate then. Right, we'll check this sucker out, and hopefully it doesn't completely screw up all the recording equipment. That would be ideal, but... Oh, boy. I think we're, yeah. we're so far so good, knock on wood, but... Uh, uh, yeah. All right, Oliver... Also, Oliver the... Lauritsen. That's a yeah. name. Yeah. The, uh, also, the, the Avalanche game had the Flyers, I think, the best goal so far, which was the... <laughs> It's the only complete play they really had. I'm really enjoying that Sean Couturier is the the last flyer standing out of everybody here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who else is on the ice? Uh, Fedotenko. Adam Hall, I think. Yeah. Who's the... Luke Shen. Who's the 18 at this point? I think I think that's Adam. Wait, isn't that Adam? No, it might be... Uh... <laughs> yeah, it was Adam Hall, wasn't it? Yeah, Adam I, Hall. I, I, dude, I don't even remember. Larson, Katore, Hall. Yeah, I think I see Luke Shen. I spy Luke Luke Shen Shen, with my lazy eye. Four and four goal. Uh, But the the best goal of the season, I think, was in the Avalanche game there. Their first goal where Elliott's taught the puck behind the net. Provorov passed it to Gossespierre behind the net. Goes to Giroux at the Flyers' blue line. Giroux across the ice to connect me at the, the Avs' blue line. And then Couturier cleans up Konechny's uh, breakaway. That's probably the most, I guess, fundamental play they've had in the in the season so far. I, I'm I'm trying to remember the goals tonight, and uh, some. I mean, Dale Weiss had a couple good plays, unfortunately. Oh, uh, what? Yeah, Excuse Dale me. Dale Weiss had two assists tonight. Dale Weiss set up the uh, Scott Lawn's first goal. The Dutch Gretzky. The Dutch Gretzky, Gretzkyed everywhere, and he. Earned his namesake tonight so with a pair of assists. Never coming out of the lineup now is oh, what you're telling me. God no. It's a win and it didn't feature Nolan Patrick or uh Jordan Wheel. So yeah. It's gonna be I mean Jordan Wheel's gotta come in for the next game, but it's gonna suck real hard because Yoya Latera is gonna be the two C. Especially if Patrick has a concussion, which I don't think that's been confirmed yet. But looking at the replay, it looked like a pretty it was an innocent looking play that ended up being uh Yeah, I, I know Charlie uh, said that, uh Charlie O'Connor had tweeted earlier, uh, Flyers are getting a full day off tomorrow, so there's a decent chance that we don't receive a Nolan Patrick injury update until Friday. Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, so we'll uh we'll see. To be yeah, continued. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to look at the other big notes from the first couple so, of games here. Yeah, what I was going to ask is, so we're talking pretty negatively about the Flyers through four, and for good reason, but obviously it hasn't been all bad if they are two and two. So what has stood out to you as a particular highlight so far through the first four? Or any player uh, in particular? Who's been your, your early season like go-to guy? Go to guy. I mean, I, I don't think... know. I'm just throwing words out there. Yeah. Don't take it too literally. <laughs> this is word soup, buddy. I mean, I do like Verobiev so far. I really do. I think he he plays a game that I think I'm going to enjoy watching for the the rest of the season and hopefully a couple of years to come. Everything he does is smart. He doesn't make really many mistakes he doesn't make any mistakes with the puck and he's got offensive upside and he always seems to be good on the four check and to continue cycles so i like Vorobiev so far i do like limblom i think that second line that second line got shelled for the first couple games 
Uh, but I, I do like I do like the way Limblom has looked so far. I mean, if Voracek can keep, I mean, obviously it's easy to say that they're a five point game, but he uh, he decided he wanted to shoot tonight, and it paid off big time. And I don't understand why. You know, I always had a theory. Uh, the first couple of seasons, Jake was here, and I guess it's uh, kind of fitting now with Yuri the Terror. But they're nice. It looked like your uh, Jake Voracek did cocaine before a game. And then they're a nice where it looked like he took the night off of the uh, the nose candy. And like some games, Jake would just be flying everywhere, and he'd be on every loose puck. He'd be circling around the offensive zone. He'd be setting up passes in the slot. And then some games, you just didn't really notice he was there. But uh, if he had more games like tonight, like tonight, I don't even know if he was really flying around that much. He just had he looked more confident there. with the puck. Yeah, His puck control was much better. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. By the way, I was going to say, I was trying to say this that uh, earlier. Uh, Jake Forcheck, according to NHL, uh, I guess, Twitter account, uh, Jake Forcheck is the third Flyers player in the last 10 years to record five points in a regular season game. Steve, can you name the other two players? Slash the games. Five. Oh, I, I don't think I'm going to come up with the games, but I can maybe name the players. Okay, so five points in a regular season game in how long? Last 10 years. And how many others? Two. Two. Two different players. Claude Giroux? Claude Giroux is one of them. Do you have any idea what game? This is regular season. Regular season. Rangers? Sabres in 2012. I was at this game. Uh, he had five assists. It was the game that Wayne Simmons took a puck to the face during the pregame, and then he had to put the mask on, and I think he scored the game's first two goals. It was, uh, I mean, yeah, and I think uh, Eric Gustafson scored his first NHL goal. Oh, Gustafs. Yeah, it was, uh, was, yeah, Ryan Miller looked uh, pretty salty and upset. That sounds like Ryan Miller to me. Yeah, pretty good night at the office. Uh, And then the other one? I have a feeling this is going to be a curveball, but I'm just going to go with Wayne Simmons. It was Mike Richards. Mike Richards. Oh, Mike back Richards. in 2009. So they're really pushing the last 10 years thing. That's, you know, that's 10 years. Yeah. I and mean, he had uh, two goals and three assists. I'm trying to look Mike at Mike Richards the has been out of the court. league for like six years now, right? <laughs> he's been out for, uh, he's been out for a minute. He's been out for a minute. It sucks. Honestly, yeah, sucks. I love yeah. Mike Richards. I think he was still, he was still be on that contract, wouldn't he? I think he'd still have two years. Probably. Left. Thanks, Homer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Voracek um, with uh, two goals, three assists for a total of five points tonight, though. Could have had a hat trick a couple times. Obviously, the empty net one, but the uh, I think, yeah, Voracek and Drew also had a couple. They strung together like three or four chances at the end of the second period, and Voracek hit the side of the net on one of his opportunities. He he could have easily had a hat trick, but he also had, uh, I mean, obviously, had a pretty good night. Let's focus on the negative here. You know, let's think about what Jake Voracek could have done instead of what Jake Voracek <laughs> did do. He could have had a six-point game. He could have had a six-pack while he was at it. <laughs> I think we should. Also, uh, I mean, Scott Lawton looks good, obviously. And surprisingly, Fly Perverly is talking about Scott Lawton. But he said... Uh, Noted Scott Lawton lovers. Somebody... Should be uh, the first Scott line Lawton. center. <laughs> Scott Lawton. Tied for the team leading goals now. Oh, snap. Goals tonight. Yeah. He had a, well, he had a very good, nice goal on the Dale Weiss assist. And he nice had a great, hander. great empty net goal. 
what I, I think the internet goal changed my life. That's how good that internet goal was. But for real though, I think uh, Scott Lawn and Wayne Simmons. Uh, Wayne Simmons has looked pretty good on the power play. Yeah. Wayne Simmons should have. No, I don't know how Wayne Simmons didn't have a golden knife because he had. We were talking about the first power play. He had a couple chances. Uh, I think uh, a couple power plays later, he had another shot from below the circle that got stopped, and then on the third period, he got stuffed on another another opportunity at the side of the net. So yeah, I, he, I think Simmer's having a real nice bounce back here right now. Yeah, he he looks like himself on the power play, which is huge. Because the fire, I mean, the fire's power play looked good tonight, uh, and it looked good for the first power power play against Vegas, and then uh, looked pretty bad for most of the Vegas game. Looked pretty bad for the Avalanche game, and then who even cares about that Sharks game? Who cares? I, I, I forgot I, it happened already. <laughs> I think I think Simmons scored in the power play late in that game. I think that was a power play goal. But uh, again, there was a goal matter. late in that game, and it was Wayne Simmons. But, yeah, so it was uh, a power play goal. Honestly, the only thing I choose to remember from that game was Gritty coming down to Wrecking Ball. <laughs> what an entrance, by the way. That's what an entrance more... from America's mascot. Uh, well, apparently, uh, you know, it's part of America's mascot. Well, we're, we're not getting into that. Oh, no. Tonight. Oh, no. <laughs> we're not. Uh, we're not uh, that, that. Yeah. By the way, that, that sound, uh, the uh, that signifies my googly eyes going all over the place. Because <laughs> as we all know, I am gritty in my off time, apparently. All I'll say about the, the gritty discussion that we could have is that in a week from now, I think we'll be happy that we left it off the podcast, if you know what I'm saying. Is gritty the liberal Pepe? No. <laughs> oh God! Okay. I shall Moving not continue. On. I refuse. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> well, who do, you, who do you like so far this year? What do I like so far this year? So, uh, here's a real shocker for you. In the Flyers wins, Claude Giroux and Sean. Well, actually, not necessarily, because oh, yeah. uh, Giroux and Couturier look good in the Colorado game, but they didn't actually stand out yeah. too much in the Vegas game. But uh, I think Couturier has bounced back from his 8,000 injuries pretty nicely. And yeah, yes. uh, I, I guess Wayne Simmons had more injuries. It seemed like when Wayne Simmons came out with his injuries at the end of last season, it was like every part of his body. It was the game operation, oh, but with Wayne Simmons. Yeah. That man was just a walking injury. Yeah. He, he, from late October on, he, I think he was playing with four or five, serious injuries that should have that most players would have missed significant time for but he's Wayne Simmons he's a man of steel putting the grit and gritty yeah and uh so many injuries to the point where you kind of question why Wayne didn't just sit out like I the toughness is appreciated but like buddy hey Craig that's hockey yeah that's hockey baby (laughs) (laughs) I think I think Giroux and Katoria have looked good since that first game, and obviously parts of the Sharks game. Giroux's uh, first tonight was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think Ghost on the power play has looked phenomenal. He uh, yeah. definitely has that shot going at a full speed right now, and that's awesome. Uh, and we mentioned Verobia think- before, and I think that can't go unsaid enough. And uh, before he got hurt, James Van Riemsdyk, I thought, looked very good, and his uh, passing was extremely crisp. It was great to have him back. I already missed the hell out of him. Whatever <laughs> yeah. Amax on, give some to James Van Riemsdyk. Well, actually, no, because Amax terrible. Yeah. Well, it, it sucks that, you know, they, they brought back the big offseason moves where they bring in JVR, obviously, which is a huge addition. And then they took out Manning and Philpula, who are supposed to be the two additions by subtraction. Should have kept Philpula. 
Now JVR is out. Now Latera is going to be the new Filpula working in the top six with injuries. So it's kind of a, a, a little upsetting. But uh, yeah. Also, I think, I don't want to say he's played amazingly, but I think uh, I was kind of nervous about how Racco Goose will look this year. And he's looked, I mean, he's been fine. So he's I not, guess. I don't know. He's not bad. It's kind of he's not bad, Co, but he's okay, Go. Yeah, he's okay. Go. <laughs> it's tough to really compliment anybody on this defense right now, just because, I mean, it's a defense and nobody is apparently back-checking. Racco Goose, by the way, three assists. Uh, tonight for his third three-point game. Or third point with at least three points. Or third game with at least three points, yeah. Well, he's MVP so far. Let me say Clearly. it five more times. <laughs> yeah. If you say it five more times, he's going to appear in your living room. MVP does. Ooh. Oh, boy. God. I, there are things that I, you know. I got to say, say I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Valtteri Filipula because I'm about to go on a rant. I can't believe the Flyers let this guy go. A true leader <laughs> Val Filipula, he scored two goals, one assist, three points for the New York Islanders so far. And man, for a team that needs goal scoring, they could use, I can't, I can't. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is awful. Valtteri Filipula, I don't know how the hell he scored two goals, but good for you, buddy. I, so I think this is going to lead me to making fun of two of Melter's tweets, even though I love them. So he retweeted the fact that Filipula had scored to extend his point streak to three games early in the Islander season. And I was just like, I am excited to see your retweet in February when we talk about Filipula and his 18-game goal drought. So I'll be looking for that one. And then also I saw somebody was talking about how we were talking about Brian Elliott in the Sharks game. And somebody was like, the Flyers are lucky that Elliott actually made some key saves. Could have easily been 7 to nothing after the first period. And I think Meltzer responded with something like, I'd argue it could have been seven to three. And I'm like, buddy, does that make them look any better? Like, is that a good thing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I could have argued that they would have allowed seven goals and scored three. Like, <laughs> You're still down by four. Go to the second period. It's just like, is that like a, oh, yeah, never mind. Team's doing all right. We're all good here. <laughs> I just, that was that. But I I think the, do you think Provorov's hurt? Hmm. I think that that's something some people have been kicking around. I think maybe that uh, Kelly mentioned that, but I think I saw speculation a time. Yeah, it's because uh, I mean, if McDonald and Provorov are hurt, that's a big deal. And if uh, see, I'm expecting Ghost and Provorov to bounce back. And I think, I mean, I Goodis and Sandheim, Sandheim, I think are just a pairing that are going to give up chances, but I think they're also still going to get plenty of plenty of their own chances. I mean, Gudis is just going to fire the puck in the net. Sanheim is going to be jumping up enough in the rush that they're going to get some prime chances with them on the ice. Like I'm just I taking get so that. frustrated by the criticism of Sanheim because this is clearly a guy who needs to go through some growing pains. Uh, he's so, so talented. Up. He's a guy who can just get the team going. I think he was a key part in a couple of the goals tonight, getting them started up. Uh, yeah, he was. And he was also a key uh, in Lindblom's, uh, uh, goal against Vegas, he had a pretty nice pass. I think, like, there are plays that I understand, not understand why the coaching staff wouldn't feel more reliable playing him, but there, he he had a play against Vegas, too, where he was behind the net, and he tried to bank it off the end boards to Gudis, and it ended up going out in front for a chance. And then against the 
against the Avalanche, he had a play where he was below the goal line and he just wildly threw a puck through the Flyers' own slot. And he was lucky that it bounced over a pair of Avalanche's uh, Av sticks. So, like, I get he occasionally has those plays where it's just kind of like, what are you doing? But then at the same time, he usually has two or three offensive plays to go along with it where he's leading a rusher, jumping up in the play, and he's in the middle of the circles looking for a cross ice pass. So, I'll, I'll take that exchange. So, but the, the overall, the chances against just kind of have to, I mean, Calvin Card made some. Some stops tonight, not anywhere near the amount of work that Elliot had to put in, but he still made, still made some stops. Yeah, and what did you think of uh, it, it, Pickard? Is it? I, I think that's what Who Kelly knows? said. He, I, I'm going with Pickard. Yeah, Picard's say, more fun to say. I'm going with Pickard. That's uh, what, I'm calling him Cal Picard. I'm calling him Cali. Yeah, <laughs> Calvin the Cal Picard or Cal Cal. Cal We're calling him Picard. Cal. All right, the Cal. <laughs> He moves. He uh the second goal tonight was not good and everything else that was like the helmet, however, helmet choice is top notch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, got the is. gritty helmet, and this yeah. is the first this is this is history right here. He's the first Flyers goalie to put gritty on his helmet. Well, that's definitely the only thing he's gonna be remembered for because he's gonna get five goals. That's the player. Five games. That's the Flyers goalie. I don't know. He's gonna be. I, uh, when it comes down to it, they should wave Neuvirth. They're not gonna wave Neuvirth. By the way, speaking of that, we can squeeze that in real quick. Alex Lyon was reassigned, or uh, put back down with the uh, Lehigh Valley today. Everybody's yeah. favorite, Alex Lyon. Yeah, waiver exempt. He's uh, no worry about him being lost on waivers. He is uh, back with the fans. I was extremely worried. Yeah, I know. You were listening to sleep. You are telling me about it. Uh, I like Alex but... <laughs> Lyon and appreciate what he did last year. But my God, do people go nuts for Alex Lyon. He was yeah, serviceable, I mean, guys. He was serviceable. Yeah. But, okay, so back, back to, uh, would you wave Picard? Uh, Pickard? Pickard. Picky. Or Norberth? I mean, I would go oh, with Pickard. God, I guess I'd, I'd go with Picky, but... Uh... Here's the thing, like, I don't know, like, I, and this is the same problem that we always have with Michael Neuvirth. When that dude is healthy and he can actually play, he's awesome. But he is made of glass. He is Mr. Glass. Yeah, and I, I, I think with the, as we saw last year with the, the chance that Elliot can also get down with an injury for a while, I think I'd just wave Neuvirth because... It, j- just for what you said, I mean, Neuvirth is going to be good for the 13 games he'll play. Like, he's going to be good when he's healthy, but if he's the last guy you have back there that's healthy, that's not really a, a boost of confidence because then you might be training for Peter Mrazek again. You're able to get uh, Pickard on waivers for free. I think he's a fine option as a backup for right now. Or I'd even, honestly, I mean, I'd still go with. It's not like Pickard's had a ton of NHL experience. He had the one season where he played a lot, and he played a one NHL game last year. Uh, but I, I guess as a as a backup, that's fine. And I don't I don't think he has an uh, an injury history, which for a backup goalie is really what I'm hoping for. Because if Elliott does go down, I want somebody to be that'll actually be there, and you don't yeah, have to call actually, about four emergency goalies. 
Yeah, exactly. So that's that's from. But tonight, I think the the first goal is the fluky one where it went off two sense gates. Second one he should have had. I know Sandheim screened nobody else was screening him at the top of circles. I you should I feel like you should have that. It wasn't like a crazy ass shot by Kachuk either. It was it's pretty savable. Uh, and then the other two I mean the third one was actually a good passing play by Ottawa and he made a save. He made a pretty hard save on the first one, but the rebound went right to Lajoli, I think is how you say his name. Lajoli. Hey, oh, Jolie. Oh, and I'm then, walking uh, here. <laughs> and then uh, the the fourth goal, I think, was uh, it was on the power play, I believe. So I don't know. He he was fine tonight. It wasn't anything special, but uh, I think he could have had the second goal back. And he did make. He made a couple. I mean, he had a save real early in the game when it was zero zero, where he had to go across the crease and stop a, uh, a doorstep chance. Been a lot but of those been, early been on. A lot. That's what I mean. Like the defense, I they they're just giving up way too many high quality chances, and it's not a thing where specifically I know you where the, the opposing team can thread the puck through the crease and get a chance on yeah. the other side. Like Elliot had to stop a what was essentially a two and two one zero in that Colorado game. And then there were a bunch of chances like that in the San Jose game. And then you're mentioning chances from the friggin' Senators game. Who do the Senators yeah. have at this point? They have Bobby Ryan, whose peak was about 12 years ago. They have <laughs> Mark, Mark Stone. Stone, who's pretty good. Uh, Duchesne, who got, you know, had trade rumors uh, surrounding him for the past uh, 12 years as well. And then. You know, <laughs> Obviously, exaggeration, but regardless, <laughs> and, uh, they don't have yeah, yeah. shit. They don't have anywhere near as they much. They don't have shit. shit. Yeah, they, and the Flyers still gave up four goals to them. Like the defense is, it, it's the Flyers it, had to score five plus goals to beat the Senators. <laughs> yeah, and also, I mean, we should talk about the penalty kill too because it's <sighs> if I add it up correctly, they're at seventy three point six eight percent right now. This is They've this is where the camera goes back chances. to. Our live footage of Garbage Island on fire. That is the penalty <laughs> kill as well. I feel like the and I feel like it's the same thing. Like they are just uh, a lot of failed clears, pretty passive in the defensive zone. I feel like the only thing they've really changed is uh, they attack a little bit more in the offensive zone. Like I think Ooh. I've seen Raffle and Katori with the puck a little bit more and just kind of holding on to the puck in the offensive zone. I think Actually you're right about offensive that. Chance. What's that? You're right about that. That's that's exactly yeah. what the only changes. And, and I think like Katori and Raffle both had a chance tonight, and I think that's, I, like, and that is uh, when it's not working too well in the defensive zone. May as well spend as much time as you can in the offensive zone. And I think they've picked their spots correctly when it comes to chasing down loose pucks in the offensive zone. Outside of that, though, it's uh, looks like the same old same old, which is a uh, good thing. Like Brian Elliott had to make some big saves on the power play or penalty kill. Uh, and the team, like it feels, there are points where it feels like it's doing better, but then at the same time, they're still giving up five power play goals through four games. So not really, you know. And it's the stupid shit where, like, late in the power, late in the penalty kill, they could put together the the piece together a fine penalty kill, and then late in the penalty kill, they they just kind of like punt on it. And I, I think they've given up two or three goals so far in the last couple seconds of the the penalty kill. And it's uh, that's not. It's two minutes. It's a whole two minutes. And then also when the guy comes out, I said I was saying that earlier, but 
Vander Kane scored on that type of play where they killed the penalty and just kind of gave up because they're back to even strength and they gave up a goal. And they they keep doing shit like that. And so the penalty kill is still the penalty kill, and I don't know what else we really expected because it wasn't really addressed this offseason. Yeah. That's my rant. That's my penalty kill rant, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you, and it's crazy. They didn't change coaches. The coach didn't change styles. They didn't change personnel. Literally, Literally nothing changed. Yeah, like the coach just... They, uh, the coach has to go at this point. That's really what the big issue is. They, Do all the coaches have they, to go at this point, Craig? Because it's increasingly oh, feeling like that. And I know a lot of people have felt like this for a year plus already, but it's increasingly feeling like it, they need a big change as far as their, their coaching like, and philosophies go. Yeah, I feel like I'm way up more on the patient end of the firing everybody phase with this, uh, this flyer scene right now. And I'm, I, I've been, I've been over Hackstall for a minute and I, like, I get the idea that he can't really rifle through coaches, but at the same time, I, I, I mean, each, uh, we're four games, years We're yeah, we're four games into this season already. And I pointed out like three or four things that were just kind of like blatantly bad decisions. You win a game in Vegas and you just randomly take out a defenseman who it wasn't like Gudis had, four or five brain dead passes to the middle of the slot where he was just surfing at pizzas. It was, he looked as good as the rest of the defenseman in that game. And there's no reason why it is. And also if you're going to switch him out, why not go left, right throughout all three pairs and sit uh, McDonald? Yeah. Or if you have too much of a hard on for that, just sit hag. And then you can have, I don't know, Sanheim, Gudis, hag, Foldine. Yeah. But, by the way, I'm very happy that they are rolling a lot of the uh, three six mafia out there early in the season. Oh yeah, got a couple games. <laughs> got to stay fly though, you know when you're the Flyers. You know Ooh. what I mean? Oh no, good night. This good is hockey. a bad. This is yeah. I've, this is like three or four of those things I've rattled off here. This is a the bad episode. I'm, dude, I'm, I'm cutting your mic off. It's done. You may as well. <laughs> Woo. You wanna uh, talk about these? Uh, let's. I'm gonna rattle off the early season uh, possession numbers for the lines here. I'm so excited. And then we can talk about, talk about Drew a little bit. Uh, Cause he's uh he's already passing some uh, pretty big name flyers in the history of the franchise. But uh, so far, so the original top line of uh, Giroux, Konechny and uh, Couturier, they were doing all right. They were over 62 uh, score just a Corsi for, and they only had one goal for though, but they didn't give up any. And then they switch it to the top line. Uh, the last two games has been for check in place of Konechny, and they had a real shitty night against the Sharks last night. I think they did. I'm not going to be able to pull it up right now. I, th- I think they had a better night overall. And I mean, the top line does need to perform, but the, we don't we don't really need to go through these numbers actually, but the the <laughs> five on five number, yeah, because I just realized this is only for the first three games, so I'm not gonna be able to go through real quick. But the uh, the big takeaway for five on five tonight was this game was not played at five on five. The thirty seven twenty two of the sixty minutes were played at five on five, which is the lowest five on five total for a game since their four to one loss to the Devils. In January on January twenty first, twenty seventeen. That's ridiculous. Which was a game I went to actually with my brother, and they. Uh, Why would you go to a Devils game, you idiot? It was the only time he was in town. He lives in Boston, 
and I want to see a uh, game with my bro. Well, and tell then, your uh, brother to start coming for better <laughs> matchups. <laughs> hey, he came down last year for the uh, Black Friday game against the Islanders, and they lost. My brother and I shouldn't go to hockey games anymore. No. I also realized the one we when I went at the Boston, we went to a University of Denver Boston College game. Would you like to take a guess what the score was in that game? Seven to two. Seven to one ball at the University of Denver. <laughs> <laughs> it was Troy Terry was on the team and um, Henrik Borgstrom, who are like two. Troy Terry's on the Ducks now, and Henrik Borgstrom is a big name prospect for the, the Panthers. They were on the top line, and Boston College could not do a single thing. It, it was, it looked like actual men against boys. It was insane. But uh, yeah, so we should, uh, we should just start wearing like Penguin jerseys and go on the Penguins Flyers games, and then no. the Flyers won like nine nothing. No. No, you don't. Okay, I just it, nobody should have to wear a Penguins jersey. Go to Flyers Coyotes games wearing Coyotes jerseys. Well, you know, as the the future hosts of Hal Perbly. Oh my God! Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, as the future hosts of Hal Perbly, we do have to talk up our our love <laughs> of uh, various Coyotes jerseys. So you know, so. that's right, folks. You you heard it here first, Craig I and can't... I. Are going to be hosting the preeminent Coyotes podcast, Hal Perbley. I try and think of how Twitter is going to react or what articles are going to be written when Steph finally just strangles me for the ways that I piss her <laughs> off on a daily basis. <laughs> the Hal Perbley talk, the using a colon and all the articles, you know, it's just all that kind of stuff. It's it's eventually just she's You're eventually just going to be fed up. Yeah, like oh no, I, I'm already on borrowed time. So it's just a matter of, I just can't, <laughs> I can't see her in person in a while. I think it's what it comes down to. No more din. Well, <laughs> I was going to say no more dinners, but the last oh time you tried to God. go to dinner, it took you that like four was, hours okay. to get into the city of so, Philadelphia. Since uh, there's got to be, a, there's going to be at least one person in the city of Philadelphia, I assume that's going to listen to this podcast. If you know what happened on 95 South assumption. this past Friday, you tell me and you tell me immediately because I live a I live in Warminster. I'm about an hour outside the city. Not to brag. Not to brag, you know, humble brag. It took me three hours and twenty four minutes to get into the city on Friday night. I was Steph had a birthday dinner. I was at eight. I I walked into the restaurant at ten o four. Somebody, <laughs> somebody needs to tell me what happened. I'm losing my mind. I have no idea what happened. I I I was in gridlock for an obnoxious amount of time, and I. There was no, there was no like crazy hundred car pile up. The the biggest thing that happened was they merged four lanes down the one. But I feel like this city is coordinated enough to figure that out, and it shouldn't take like an eighth of a day for me to get somewhere because of that personal stance. Yeah, like it should not take a chunk of a day for people to be like, "Oh, we only got one lane here, all right," and then just piece that together. So if you know, you at me and you tell me. I need to know. Sports are bad. Sports are bad. Let's talk about around the league real quick because we got some juicy. Well, did you want? Do you want to talk about Drew breaking records real quick? Oh, Drew breaking records. I'm yeah. gonna. I, I got the list in front of me here. I'll uh, I'll run yeah, down that are. real quick. So Claude Giroux, who I have uh, stumped for quite a bit on this program because he is one of the all-time great flyers already in his career. Uh, Claude Giroux now sits wait, solely. Wait, wait, wait. Look, look. We both like him. I think you. Uh... You definitely do defend him more in terms of the uh, historical argument. I like him a lot, but you have definitely said that he is like one of the best ever. 
and he needs to get recognized for that. Recognize. Recognize. I will give you that one, yeah. But so. uh, Claude Giroux, our captain, our ginger Jesus, now sits solely <laughs> in third place ahead of Bill Barber with 468 assists. Is that that's the yeah, current he, number? Yeah, 467 coming in. He had a goal and assist tonight, so he's got 468. And he's sneaking up on Brian Prop. Brian Prop second with uh, 480. And, and Claude Giroux, man, that is some great, great company. That is kind of insane. Yeah. That's insane that by the end of the season, unless something goes wrong, he should be in second in terms of assist in franchise history. And I'm knocking on a bunch of wood <laughs> over that one. Uh, and also Claude Giroux sixth in games played with 742. McLeish yeah. and Bob Kelly had 741. Joe Watson fifth with 746. So uh, any day now, Claude Giroux yeah. sneaking up on Joe Watson. And uh, Joe Watson still... Uh, Still hanging around? Yeah, I think he does the uh, the Bernie Perrant, Gary Dornhofer, Bob Kelly circuit every Walk once in a while. Walk through the luxury boxes, say hello, yeah. get some free beers. Uh, you guys need some more autographs? Why don't you bring it all over? <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite thing is just they just stand at the bottom of that elevator and uh, just sign autographs for everybody. That's pretty great, to be honest. Yeah, it's not really a highly valued thing anymore. Just a Bernie Perrant. I feel like if somebody says they have a Bernie Perron autograph, it's like, well, congrats on going to a Flyers game. It's like, no, <laughs> congrats on going to the opening of a Wawa. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I was at the opening of a Sunoco gas station, and Bernie Perron was there just handing out Gatorade to fans. It was crazy. Autographs for everybody. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, God. All right. Uh, let's talk about around the league. I don't think we've talked about this yet. We really got to get... I'm going to go through... So we now have access to a full like music archive of yeah. you know, like license-free music we can use for this. And I really need to find some good like news ticker around the league music where it's just like... Like, I don't know. You know, the, like when people do news segments on radio shows and it's got yeah. like the... Like, you're in the newsroom and it's just got like... What sounds like typewriters going in the background and shit. That's <laughs> I what I got to get for this segment. I'm going to counter that with you should either put in Rocky like a hurricane or crazy train. Take a look around the league. I mean, it's just bass melting guitar work. Here yeah. I am. <laughs> going around the NHL. <laughs> The Hurricanes are doing pretty good, by the way. I think they're undefeated. Oh, that's oh, a no, transition, that's, buddy. That's that's not true. I think they are two on one. Still looking pretty good. Not looking that bad. I think the one game they lost to, they outshot the Islanders like fucking forty-five to nineteen or something, and they won in a hilarious fashion. That's so a lot of power right there. Yeah, everybody could talk about Lou Lamorello power, making out the power of the pod. Tom Wilson. <laughs> My favorite, your favorite, our favorite. Man, we've been to Trash Island a lot in this episode. <laughs> we have for the Trash Island. He's the mayor of Trash Island. <laughs> yeah, I think he owns Trash Island. The owner, mayor, governor of Trash Island, Tom Wilson. <laughs> 20 game suspension because the league was just like, all right, that's enough. I mean, we talked about it before he, that we were waiting on the, the number of games, and I guess the fourth suspension in a calendar year was too much. It turns and, out yeah. when you recklessly nail people in preseason, people pay attention. Yeah, the league's like, hey, that's not cool, man. Why don't you knock that off? 
and uh, they gave him 20 games. And also, I think because of the way his contract was uh, worked out, he's not missing that much money because he had like a, I think like a $5 million. Not making that bonus. much money or not missing that much not, money? Not missing that much money because okay. I think 1.1 is actual like the actual part of his uh, like payment in the, in the contract and they give him a big signing bonus. I guess because they knew he was going to be a dumbass and go and get a suspension. <laughs> Tom, like, well, <laughs> we know that you're going to screw this up. So here's some extra money to get you through the hard times. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then there he is. And it sucks, too, because it helps. The Caps have not missed a beat without him. They Who would have thought? Yeah, who would have thunk it? I do like that the Caps have, I think they've played three games so far now, and they've scored seven goals, six goals, and five goals, and they've lost a game. Which is, I mean, that's it's like they're playing with Flyers defense in that game they lost. Hmm. But uh, Jack Eichel named the Sabres captain. Anders Lee named the Islanders captain. Now, Jack Eichel named himself the Sabres captain, correct? <laughs> yeah, he was just like, no, no, no. No, 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 this is, this is my team. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm the, the captain guy. now. <laughs> Anders Lee is kind of a surprising one because I thought they would have just given it to Barzal. I think they were just kind of like, oh, who cares? Yeah. It should have been Philpula. <laughs> Actually, I, yeah, I think an argument could have been made. It could have been Philpula. You know Lou can say that. You know Lou's sitting there like, <laughs> we could make it Philp. <laughs> uh, some key injuries. Matt Murray, uh, unfortunately, suffered a concussion at practice. He's at out practice? definitely. Yeah, I that guy likes getting injured. I really don't know what it is with him, but he uh, he, he misses time <laughs> he a lot. He likes it, like he lives yeah, for it. It's his uh, it's his passion. How do you behind. get a concussion at practice? I don't even know. I didn't even look into it. I saw I'm, the. Update. I'm going to look this up while you uh, continue reading around the league. I am fascinated uh, by this. Roberto Luongo at two to four weeks with a knee injury. Jonathan Quick is week to week with the classic LBI. Joe Thornton is day to day with a knee injury as well. I think he's. Uh, I, he's on IR, but he could come back on the 14th. So I don't know the severity of that. He missed the uh, the Flyers game, which uh, really hurt the Sharks. And then uh, Brandon Dubinsky is out four to six weeks with a strained oblique muscle. Uh, Ovechkin, I believe, scored two goals tonight. So he has 611 goals. So he passed Bobby Hall for he, he's 17th all time on the uh, the goals list. And then. These two topics I wanted to talk to you about because I think they're hilarious. Uh, Patrick Laine, the the Vancouver Canucks have come out and uh, decided that they're not a bad hockey team because they're a bad hockey team. They're a bad hockey team because teenagers are playing video games. So they made a rule that there's no Fortnite on the road. Uh, the, the kids can't be playing Fortnite because that will distract them. They want them to go out and drink booze or something. And Patrick Laine said that Vancouver, if Vancouver wants to blame last season on that, then by all means, go ahead. <laughs> Which I thought was a pretty good, pretty solid dunk on the uh, Vancouver Canucks. And then also this, uh, a pants goal, Stephen. Uh, I believe it was Patrick Dwyer. He used pants to play goal? The, uh, he used to play for the Carolina Hurricanes. He's in the EIHL right now. Pants goal, by the way, is the name of my ska band. I was going to say, that's a great band name. Uh, somebody took a shot, got caught in the back of his, uh, like between his jersey and pants. He was the only one that realized it was caught there. He was at the top of the crease, turned around, 
and skated into the net and then looked at the ref like, hey, that's going to count right. And it, the, the video is great just because the goalie and the defenseman both look at him like, can you get out of the net? Like, what are you what are you doing in there? I don't think it, I don't think it counted, by the way. Oh, I think it, I think it should have counted. Hands goal. Again, in reference, if I could reference my earlier statement on the. Oh, my God, what goal? The uh, Landeskog goal? Oh, no, the Chris Tierney goal, where he kicked it from about 40 yards out. Pulled the uh, Sebastian Janikowski kick and put it into the net. I think the wrestlers are like, you know what? That's pretty neat. We're going to give it to you. It's illegal, but we're going to give it to you. It's I'm, pretty cool. I'm not even mad. That's amazing. <laughs> going to give it to you. So I might uh might tweet that out tomorrow. You should. Somebody- that's my hand. You, Do you find uh, what were we looking at the the Matt Murray injury? Yeah, I, I did not find further details. However, I am assuming the Phil Kessel was responsible for it because you know that's Phil. Yeah, we can, we can blame that on Phil. You're right there. Yeah, I have uh, my glass. Just throwing mugs everywhere. I'm just throwing mugs. I'm just that furious <laughs> about yeah, Matt Murray's concussion. <laughs> just like you know, Phil, just control your slap shots. <laughs> that sucks Gee, for Matt man. Murray though. I mean, he's a young Matt guy. Does. What is he? Twenty four years old. I think he's he 24, like, and this is his third concussion? Yeah, 24 sounds right. He's the 2012 draft. Uh, he's in the same round as Ghosts. So Having was, that many concussions at a young age, that's that's real he, bad. Yeah, and he also had the unfortunate, he had the missed time last year because his dad passed away. So he just had a, it, it's been a rough time for Matt Murray since the Cups. And uh, hopefully, I mean, for us, hyped as he was coming into the league and how well he performed in the first a uh, couple seasons you you would hope just for the league as a whole i guess he's fine uh i mean i don't want you know concussions to derail anybody's career especially uh somebody who had a pretty promising career but well, hopefully and we've seen we've seen firsthand as flyers fans the the negative effects of concussions on some of our favorite players with yeah namely eric lindros and keith primo so um, yeah well hopefully uh i mean not to end on a dark note, but uh, hopefully it's not a, another thing going on with somebody else on the team right now who could be injured at the moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not making assumptions on that uh, upper body I'm injury until yeah, I know. But... but And the NHL will never let you know exactly what it is because UBI, LBI. Uh, yeah, it's it's not a great early thought on our part for that one. No. So. We shall see. Uh, hopefully soon we have a response on that but or uh, an update on that. But who knows when that'll happen. But uh, until then, yeah. Well, let's let's take a quick look. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's just like the kind of thing where the NHL, you never know when you're going to get an update on an injury and how specific yeah. it's going to be. But right. um, let's take a quick look at who the Flyers have uh, coming up on their schedule. So uh, another matchup with the Knights, a 1 p.m. Saturday game at home. So uh, how are you feeling about that one, Craig? I'm hoping the uh, the Golden Knights get some of that NFL West Coast team coming to the East Coast type of deal, and they'll think it's like 10 a.m. and they're about to be out of rhythm, and the Flyers just win like 8 nothing. So I'm saying 8 nothing win for that. I'm hoping it gets real cold over the next couple of days and they get freaked out by it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we're not used to this. Belmar just, just walks in with a T-shirt. Oh my god! You know, Belmar just had to score a goal in that game. Yeah, of course he did. I, Every I, friggin' time, he's got like five goals outside of the Flyers, and I think three of them are against the Flyers. 
Which uh, which goal scorer do you think Sam Carcitti gets most giddy about? Uh, Belmar or Bobby Ryan? I think it's Bobby Ryan. And as I stated in the the Slack chat earlier, if you've ever seen oh, yeah. the Vince McMahon <laughs> gif where he's just like getting increasingly excited and you put like a clip of something and then like another clip and uh, a third clip and then like Vince McMahon's like, oh my God, that's Sam <laughs> thinking about Bobby Ryan scoring goals. Falling over in his chair, yeah, just heavy breathing, exactly. shaking his head. Yeah, <laughs> that is absolutely what it is. That is 100% what it is. But I've never, and it's crazy to think, it's crazy that Sam's former flyer watchedness has, I don't even know if that's a word, has. I'm going more, with it. I'll allow it. JVR back to the team because he used to do some JVR watching too. And now he's back on the team. And I, I think he's, I think he's just the happiest beat writer out there. He doesn't know what to do. He's uh, a, <laughs> finally got somebody to come home. That's neat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, he's, but I always picture Sam as somebody who enjoys the word neat goes back to the fly the flyperbole blog post that i wrote a couple years ago that uh sam carcitti had been named gm of the flyers <laughs> did you have a roster for it oh I, I think it was just like he finally went through and acquired shea weber and... <laughs> oh god yeah you need to do more of those flyperbole posts. I, I do have <laughs> I have one up my sleeve that I need to finish. Oh God. Yes. The last I was one say... I did was the case for Andrew McDonald to become the first man on Mars. <laughs> I was going to say my all time favorite. I think my all time favorite still is the, uh, the league recognizing that the Flyers won the Richard Simmons trade. They won the trade. <laughs> you know, facts are facts. They won the trade. <laughs> it's a huge, huge ceremony. Carrie Beth's there. It's <laughs> like a banner unveiling. <laughs> Oh man, oh, I need to find this Carcitti one so bad. And yeah. I, oh, Flyer Scribe takes general manager seat. There it is. I just walked into my office one day, and there Sam was sitting in my chair and signing contracts. Said a bewildered Ron Hextall. <laughs> just nothing he could do about it. Yeah. Just at the mercy of Sam. And my my key. Well, I think that the, so. The whole premise was that Sam just sat down in Ron Hextall's chair, and Ed Snyder was like, "Yeah, you're the GM now." <laughs> yeah, we can do this. Yeah. <laughs> my fake Sam quote was, "You know, as a writer, I spend all day coming up with these scenarios, so it's pretty neat to get to do them for real. Right now, I'm working pretty hard on a Shea Weber trade." Oh God! Oh boy, Sammy, <laughs> slamming Sammy, love him. What a, what a prince. He's no Sam Donnellan, but he's a prince. Yeah. I mean, he's after the retirement of one Tim Finaccio, or not retirement, but the, uh, uh, the services f- were let go. Of. The firing. Yeah. I guess it's layoff. Like, uh, yeah. Making way for more suits to come in, more pinstripe suits. <laughs> I think he, well, you know, Timmy wore uh, some pinstripe suits too. I think he does freelance stuff for TSN every once in a while, I believe. Or Sportsnet, one of the yeah, One of those, yeah. Yeah. But I think Cartier's taking the role of uh, old hilarious beat writer now. Oh, yeah. He's the... Uh... Unintentionally hilarious, we should add. He's yes, not, yes. He's not a jokester out there. He's no <laughs> Les Bowen. He's no Les Bowen, but who is? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, Les Bowen almost fought a man half his age in... Uh... Or he did fight a guy, right? Like a couple of years ago I when Eagles did, got... I believe they did come to blows, yeah. Which I, my favorite, 
I think my favorite Les Bone tweet recently, or it was semi recently, but in one of the preseason games, uh, Matt Jones was in and he fumbled. And then he tweeted out something like, Matt Jones had 158 rushing yards for the Redskins against the Eagles. That game counted. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like that, that game counted. People were there. <laughs> oh, God. That is a good one. Uh, Flyers have one other game until next time we record. That would be uh, Tuesday, the 16th. Uh, Florida Panthers coming to Philadelphia. And Florida's pretty good, right? Yeah. They just I lost their goalie for a few weeks, though. Uh, Roberto Luongo hurt. Yeah, they still have uh, Reamer, though. Reimer. We should figure out how to pronounce players' names. <laughs> or I should just Meh. learn how to say goalies' names is what it comes down to. You know, it's Rhymer. They have James Rhymer. It's Rhymer. It's definitely Rhymer. Yeah, yeah. James Rhymer. Van Reem's take like is Rhymer and, and Rhymer <laughs> is Rhymer. I'm just going to, I'm going to, one day I'm going to figure out uh, just a weird way to say every goalie in the league. We're, so I'm going to get you a pronunciation thing that you can wear on your wrist, like quarterbacks wear plays yeah. in football <laughs> on their wrist. <laughs> Rhymer. Rhymer. I'm a big fan of uh, Brian. The Torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> Brian Iliot. Elliot, uh, Elliot, Michael Neuverth. You know, Neuverth. <laughs> Michael Neuverth is the Flyers goalie, and he has been known to make saves when he is not physically impaired by having a cast on both of his legs. Oh, man. Neuverth. When is our first? Do you know when our... Do we have an experience with Doc already? Was he on the opening night game? And I'm he already blanking on that. He was not on. He, I don't know if he was on the opening. No, he wasn't. No, yeah, he I don't wasn't. think he was. And then last night's game, which was unfortunately only nationally televised, and God, I hated it, um, yeah. was uh, Kenny Albert and. Oh, God, that's right. Keith Jones? Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Man, Keith Jones cannot do the bench like interviews like he i feel like the last three times i've seen him he's just like too smiling he can't get a question out yeah I'm like oh man i'm like keith dude buddy bring bundy back <laughs> oh man yeah i miss i think bundy's doing i you know actually eddie Olchuk is pretty good in the studio like because they've had him in the studio this uh season i think they had him in the season for a good chunk of last year um he i like him in the studio more than uh doing uh color commentary literally Anybody but Milbury. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, I think Eddie Olchuk, I think I would actually choose over some people. Eddie Olchuk like, is, I don't know. He's just kind of, he's there. Well, I, have you seen him in studio, though? I, I don't think I have. That's what I'm saying. He is, he's a, he has a lot more personality. Wow. Wow. So, wow. I, look, here, in regards to my stance on Eddie Olchuk, I'm sorry. Well, sorry, not, not sorry. sorry. Yeah, so. Yes, I, we worked it in. No rumbo, we got it in there. We're yeah. living in the United Hate of America, and I love it. <laughs> percolating. Oh, we percolating. Doing this all for my baby. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's all we got. We're we're fresh out. But uh, gang, thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow, best place for feedback is on Twitter. You can follow Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yeah. I'm just uh, yeah, pumping out those uh, return flights, and I'm gonna try and do uh, you know a couple two o'clock numbers or new numbers, whatever we do. I forget which ones we do, but 
So it's not all fly hyperbole and return flights for the next month or two, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, I can get some tent in the hopper. Tent in the tent. hopper. <laughs> got some sweet, sweet tangy tent coming out. Good. So uh, that, uh, no, no, no one needs to worry. That just that, that just doesn't sound right. <laughs> Sounds like an old creepy man would say something like that. So. Got some tent in the old queue. <laughs> the old queue we're working on. Uh, you can follow Craig at Sports Are Bad. You can follow me at Fly Purbly or at Estebaum. Follow me at Fly Purbly, though, preferably. And uh, follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey, all that good stuff. Sports Are Bad, Fly Purbly, BSH Radio, Broad Street Hockey. Follow them, love them, great. Gang, that's all we got. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Hello everybody, this is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.